Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every Monday with a new story about your world. Today's guest is my friend Omar Narvaez, a gay Latino elected official from the great state of Texas. Omar was elected to the Dallas City Council in 2017. We'll talk about the future of Dallas, the needs of his district, and most importantly, who has the best tacos in his district. I want to thank all of you following Jesse Garcia's show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the show, visit jessegarciashow.com. Future lawyers, listen up. Every year, the American Bar Association awards legal opportunity scholarships to first-year law students. The scholarship provides financial assistance to minority students to attend and complete law school. This year, the scholarship program will grant 20 incoming minority law students with $15,000 in financial aid over the course of their three years in law school. Apply by April 6th at www.americanbar.org. That's www.americanbar.org. And here's your weekly news update. The Texas primary elections made headlines this past week as an energetic Democratic base went to the polls in record numbers. More than 1 million Democrats voted in the Texas primary on March 6, doubling their party's turnout from the last non-presidential primary in 2014. Sensing a Democratic blue wave, Democrats ran a candidate in each congressional race. While many in the national media were fixated on Senate candidate Beto O'Rourke's surging Democratic race to unseat Republican Ted Cruz in November, Texas primary night belonged to Democratic women. Out of the 36 congressional House seats up for grabs, 12 female candidates secured their Democratic nomination that evening, and another 10 women head to a primary runoff in May, with three of those races consisting of all-female candidates. But the Texas woman everyone is talking about is gubernatorial candidate Lupe Valdez. In a crowded race for governor that included eight men, former Dallas Sheriff Valdez dominated the vote totals in every major Texas county outside of Houston, capturing 42% of the statewide vote. She faces Houston businessman Andrew White in the primary runoff on May 22nd. When people think of Texas, they think of a big conservative state that provides the world of politics, big right-wing personalities like Ted Cruz, Rick Perry, and George W. Bush. It's been a quarter century since Democrats have won a statewide race, so the label of being a red state sticks. But the state's demographics are changing, and you only need to take a closer look at the state's largest urban counties to see that progressive candidates are taking over. In Dallas County, nearly all countywide seats are held by progressive Democrats, and in every new Dallas City Council election, which is nonpartisan, a new progressive voice is introduced each cycle. In 2017, Omar Narvaez ran and won on his first try to unseat an incumbent. He represents a heavily Latino district in the city's west side. We'll talk with Omar about his journey to City Hall, being openly gay, and why no incumbent is safe in this new age of young people increasingly participating in elections. 
I want to welcome to the show my good friend Omar Nadrice that I met in Dallas almost mm, 11, 12 years ago. Um, I met him at a gallery, art gallery showing that my group back then, Valiente, was um, presenting on a Hispanic, I think it was Hispanic Heritage Month. And you walked in and I walked over to you. I'm like, this guy looks like he's special. <laughs> have you been Omar? I've been good and Jesse it's so exciting to be here with you um, you know I remember that day because I was starting to want to get back involved and it was one of those things where I didn't know how to find Latinos who were like me that were passionate about making change and doing something that wasn't just back in 2007 yeah this was back in 2007 and that we're w wanting to do something and make some change that but it wasn't about the bar and it wasn't about you know partying and i got invited to this um gallery event that valiente was having and i was so terrified like i literally sat outside in the car for like an hour and i wouldn't walk in and finally right when it was ending i was like get in there i was just because i didn't know anybody and that just wasn't me back then to walk into a room that I didn't know anybody. Uh, and you had every right to be scared because there was a gaggle of gays off in the corner, a group <laughs> of us, and you walked in, and I'm like, who is she? And who is she to us? <laughs> I remember, like, when I walked through the door, it's like, you're right, the gaggle of gays was in Ayin La Esquina, and they were just like, all, you know, y'all were, obviously y'all were, you know, throwing, dishing the tea, you know, and, and, and we're like, who's this person? Come five minutes before it ends. You know? That we're about to go eat. And this person's going to keep us here for another 30 minutes. And do you remember how we went to go eat afterwards? Yes, we went to La Calle Doce there in Oak Cliff. And you made fun of me because I ordered all these side orders. <laughs> all I remember is I'd never seen somebody order like four entrees for one meal. Okay, first of all, for my listeners, it was one entree. And I had like, I wasn't like wanting some soup on the side. And they bring out this big old bowl. And everybody's just like freaking out. They're like, Jesse. And I was very petite back then. Yeah, you were very petite back then. <laughs> <laughs> the bowl was at least like, I mean, it wasn't like a regular size. No. Bowl. It was like 20 servings. They like, upsell me. Yeah, like they were like, oh, we're getting rid of all the soup. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward, you join Valiente yeah. and then you eventually... I trick you into coming to Stonewall Democrats, the gay democratic group, yep. one of the most largest political action committees in Dallas. Yep. And we got active together. And thanks to you and several other folks that I hold near and dear to my heart, mm -hmm. I was able to become president of this organization. And you were right there with me. Yep. And we helped do some crazy, amazing changes in the Dallas County from the courthouse to the state house, we helped elect yeah. a lot of people. What made you become change your role from political activist to politician? So um, it was one of those things that I, you know, I thought about it. You know, it was like, you know, th there's a saying that's all that, and I don't know who said it. I just know a lot of people say it. Of if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Mm -hmm. And we were starting to get to the table, but we really weren't at the table because we didn't have LGBT electeds that were making policy. Mm -hmm. And over the years of, you know, because then after you were president of Stonewall, I, I became president, um, I think two or three years after you left um, being president of Stonewall. And there was this position open um, with the county school board 
And it was one of those things that I was kind of recruited and asked, like, we think this is a really good spot for you. You would be good at this. And I had to think about it because it's like, here I am saying all these things about we need people at the table. But then I never thought about why me, you know, or, you know, why couldn't I be that person? I always thought it was somebody else that should be doing it, um, maybe because they were more politically active or they just knew a lot more. And then um, I can't remember if it was um, gubernatorial candidate Lupe Valdez or if it was Dr. Alba Garcia, our county commissioner, that I had asked, how do you know when or how do you know if you're the right one? And they were like, there is no, you just do it. If you want to do it and you have the passion. And I remember Dr. Garcia saying, si tienes la ganas, then you do it, you go for it. And I just sat there and was like, after talking to my partner about the school board race and was like, you know, and he did the same thing. He's like, why not you? He goes, you're passionate. You know what you're doing, you know? And, you know, for, for me, it was like, I'm gay. I'm Latino. I don't have a lot of money. You know, I grew up, you know, a, a little Latin boy in drag, you know? <laughs> and, and it was like, no, you know, but, but in but seriousness, it was like, why not me? And it was like the only person who was holding me back was me and so I jumped in and from there it was it became a crazy journey of doing that for three years and then seven months ago getting elected to the Dallas City Council and tell me about that it was just when you came with to me with the idea I'm like oh my god are you ready for it I mean I'm like I was scared for you because I'm just thinking that's a whole other level of like spotlight pressure on people tell me uh, tell me, let's talk, talk about the demographics of the district that you that you ran in and won and the race. Yeah, so the demographic of the district, it's District 6 in Dallas. It's the second largest land district in the city. It's 40.8 square miles. Um, and I have probably, um, it's almost 65, almost 70%, close to 70% Latinos. And then... Uh, the rest of it um, being African-American with 10% being Anglo. And so it's um, called a coalition district, even though it's a heavily Latino district, but the the voting demographic is not heavily Latino. And so it was going to be a very different type of race, um, you know, because it wasn't one of these things where I would just, oh, if I got the Latino vote, game over. Yeah, because it's... um most of the Dallas districts range from 50,000 to 90,000 voters right. per district. And yours, 2,000 votes right. is all it takes. Well, that's the turnout. Right. So really a good 700 to 800 wins you the district. How was it running in that district? Because it was pretty competitive. Yeah, it was very it, it was very competitive. We had, um, there were six of us in the race, including the incumbent. And, you know, I never dreamed that that many people would jump in. I honestly thought it was going to be me and the incumbent and maybe one extra person, but it ended up being six of us. So it changed the, the game a little differently. Um, something I was proud of was I was the only candidate, um, including the incumbent. I was the only candidate who physically, personally walked every single neighborhood in the entire district and knocked on. I, I probably, when we were done with it, we estimated I knocked on about 5,000 doors over personally during my campaign. The other unique thing is that my district is kind of a tale of two cities. It's got a very, um, a, a good section, a segment of the district that is higher um, 
um, socioeconomic status. And then I have a huge percentage that is very low socioeconomic status, you know, some very poor people that live in the area. And it was... People always told me, like, Omar, it doesn't matter. You could be in a million-dollar home or you could be running around with us, you know, in the doing um, a garage apartment, I mean, a garage party, and nothing, like, you're not phased. You don't, you know, you don't change who you are. You don't act like you're above, you know, anybody, and you don't act like anybody's above you. And I was like, no, because I believe in equality. And I said, just because somebody's, poor or somebody's super wealthy doesn't mean they get treated differently they're still human and they deserve the same dignity and respect that i would want and you know i just that positive messaging just resonated throughout the district has there ever been an issue of you being an openly gay councilman now that you're in the position so not so much you know being on the council um I, it's one of those things that you know, with your constituents yeah with the constituency you know i think that you know it's a new dawn it's a new age and it was one of those things i didn't run a gay race i just happened to be a gay man who was running in a district where no lgbt person had ever been elected before um it doesn't i don't have any of the gayberhood in my district so it was it was also another unique challenge um because of so, some people because they knew my activism some people tried to use that against me but during the race during the campaign but it didn't resonate it was one of those things that people want to change and i was able to run on my record on the school board and then through my activism of getting things accomplished and done that people were like you know even the people that were, were like a little leery were like you know what let's give this gay a chance you know he yeah. he's got he's done the work and he's proving it to us and because they were more worried about the issues right and what are the top three issues in your district? So um, right now, depending on where you are, um, affordable housing is definitely the top issue throughout my entire district. And so that's something that I'm very passionate about, something I'm working on um, diligently, you know, daily. The next issue is kind of new that just came up. We had a... Um, we had a gas leak and a gas explosion right next to the district, and then it's it, like a fatality. It was a fatality. A young, um, a young girl um, died in a gas explosion. Their home exploded. Well, my district is two blocks to the west, two blocks to the east, and two blocks to the north is District Six. So you know these folks that are in my district that nobody realizes or cares that this imaginary line that goes from one block to the next, they're scared. And I can only imagine what a scary thing that is. So we're going through that crisis right now. So that is now we're really having to look at infrastructure with these gas lines. And then the, the third thing that I would say that I, I personally work on the most is, is infrastructure already, but really is parks and rec. I'm a firm believer that, you know, with the city, that if we get our parks and our recreation centers up to stellar status, that, you know, that'll help deter crime, that'll help increase education, that'll help, you know, which will in turn, you know, help increase wages, you know, and, and so to me, you know, green space is also good. Who doesn't want to, you know, be able to go out and see nice, beautiful green trees and grass and the kids have a place to play. Our elderly have somewhere to hang out. Community centers for the elderly. Yeah. Sidewalks so people can walk rather than having to, you know, it, it, it all matters to get people active in the community, to get health, make it a priority, have more people be more willing to use parks, get people busy on the weekends in their neighborhoods rather than having to take that time to go to another part of the city and drop money over there, have it here in your own district, you know? Yeah, and, and that's the thing that, you know, I am a firm believer in Parks and Rec. It's one of those things that as I've been 
um, working for so long is that I realized that we have these beautiful centers and we have these beautiful parks that people don't really know how to utilize or know how to, to get to them. And then as I started looking, and I, especially in my district, it was one of those things that I would look back and I'm like, why don't we get in in El Barrio or in, you know, this African-American neighborhood? Why aren't we getting the same things that you see in East Dallas or North Dallas? You know, brand new jungle gym for the kids to play on, shading areas so that the kids can play in the summer. Yeah. This is Texas, y'all. So, it yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> in September, you know, August and September, when it's 105 degrees outside, no kid wants to go touch an all steel jungle gym you know so they're not going to utilize it so how do we change these things and so with the bond that we just passed i of my um district's money that is um that we can use for discretionary money of the 12.5 million dollars that was given to district six i put 11.5 million into parks and rec so almost every park in my district is getting something new I had parks that didn't even have water fountains oh my god i had parks that have barbecue pit and no access to water, which I just didn't understand. It's like, you're going to put it, let us put a fire, but then there's no water in case something happens to put it out. Yeah. So we're getting water fountains and play, play stations. And um, we just got a, we just want a grant for one of our government buildings, our multi-purpose center that's in West Dallas um, through Kaboom that right when I got elected, I got in on this grant and we were awarded. So we're going to have a playscape in this government building and, you know, it was one of those things that here's this area where that's in the middle of a park desert in the middle of the district. And there's nowhere for kids to do anything. And a lot of parents and caregivers have to go to this area to get the assistance that they're needing. And I could only imagine I remember being a little kid and having to go to the DMV with your mom or your grandma. And it's like and there's nothing for you to do except for stand in line to wait patiently <laughs> and, and you're eight <laughs> yeah i know the grown-ups are busy doing what they're doing and you're there and you can't move you can't talk you can't you know and so this is going to be outside and it's got it's gonna it's it's a, not a huge it's not like a playground it's just it's a playscape and it'll be somewhere for kids to do something um and have a little education involved all at the same time while their parents or their caregivers are having to conduct government business in the in the center so we're really excited about that because it's going to open um in september and Again, it's in the middle of a, a park desert. So this is something that'll be really great for our community. And this is what advocating and fighting for my district and the people that are there. Because we have every every issue you can imagine mm-hmm. because our district had just been neglected for decades. That now it's like, I you know, I want it all and I want it all now. But it's like I know I have to take baby steps and win where I can. Um, you know, winning. Um, I was able to get a $18 million complete street passed for an inside of a neighborhood. And I was told it's the first time we're ever going to build a complete street so it's going to have the bike lanes and the parking lanes and you know all the 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 big sidewalks and it's the first one the city of dallas is going to do inside of a neighborhood and this is in the barrio you know this is not like you know going to be you know it's not like in some high end um, housing area in dallas this is going to be in the barrio and so i'm really thrilled and excited about that because when it's done this is really going to help connect two ends of of, of this part of town and it's going to be better for people it's going to get more people out it's going to get more people to use to walk and to really enjoy the out outdoors and plus it's next to our levees so when you're walking through here you can you're going to have these beautiful views of downtown dallas mm-hmm. it's like it's going to be amazing 
So next year, when you're up for re-election, they're also going to elect a new mayor because the nice. current mayor is termed out. What qualities are you looking for in a new mayor? Well, I'm going to make a huge announcement right now and let <laughs> you all know that I am not running for mayor of Dallas. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, it's um, we need somebody who can unite the different parts of the city. Um, we have a huge divide between north and south in the city of Dallas. So we need somebody who doesn't just talk the talk. We need somebody who can actually walk it with our southern sector and really helping bring equity across the entire city. Um, everybody talks about equality. Well, you can't get to equality unless we get we go through equity first. So that's kind of like my district. It's you know the second largest district. That means I got more streets, I got more parks, I've got more of everything. But everybody wants to slice the pie 14 ways, like every council member gets 14, 114th of the budget. Well, that's not fair to my district because my district, I have more of everything. So a real tiny compact district, they could go a long way with their, their money versus a really big, you know, extended district. So we need somebody who understands equity. Uh, I think we also need somebody who will know and understand how to reach out to the Latino community because the city of Dallas is on the verge of being a 50% Latino city. And on our council, there's only two Latinos. And, um, you know, so you, you we're going to have to figure out a way to make sure we have a mayor that can get the job done, um, outreaching to everybody and bringing everybody uh, forward. The other thing that I think that we need is a mayor that can understand the business aspect you know, how do we get am the Amazons of the world to Dallas, but at the same time understand that the people who the backs of Dallas was built on don't get pushed out of their neighborhoods and get pushed, you know, somewhere else. So it, it, we're in a really big balancing act right now in the city of Dallas. But I'm, it's one that I'm so excited that I'm that I am at the table and we'll get to, you know, do to help whoever does get elected. Uh, I want to be able to work with this person and kind of end some of this divide between, you know, the the because we, we're nonpartisan in Dallas, but it's just like Congress, you know, yes. you know, there's a you know, we don't have Republican Democrats, but it's like, you know, the right side and the left side. It's very similar on the council as well. And I, I think it would be really good if we can get that person who can unite us um, when things are going down. We need a mayor that isn't afraid to talk to everybody on the council regardless if we agree or we disagree on an issue it's like that's what we are elected to do is to work with each other um personalities aside you know and um and i think that we can that person is out there yes and they're coming it's just a matter of who steps up you spoke about partisan politics texas democrats had a really big night last week um the primaries just were amazing turnout numbers for Democrats in a long time. Uh, what were some of the surprises for you? Um, one was, where did all these Democrats come from, you know, <laughs> to, to show up, which I was thrilled and excited for because come November, we're going to have a really long list, a lot of extra names, people who we can talk to and doors that we can knock on. Um, the, the big surprising thing that came up for me was that, this is the, the the what I'll call the 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 delta um, is that the Democrats that were running very few that were countywide for Dallas County reached out into 
West Dallas or where the you know the heavier Latino communities are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big surprise because Latinos really did show up and vote. And um, except for the ones that were districted or precinct races that were, you know, those folks were working their tails off. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that was exciting, that was a surprise was seeing so many people step up to run, which then adds excitement because all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm a voter who votes in every election. So I get all the mailers, I get the door knock, I get the phone calls, you know. But, the you know, you have these new folks that all of a sudden, you know, that were always voters, but maybe because there were never competitive races, all of a sudden people were coming out, like trying to, they're trying to get your vote. And so it added to the excitement throughout. All- this was going to be a neighborhood by neighborhood race, street yeah. by street. Yeah, neighborhood by neighborhood, street by street. And then I think the biggest race um, was the District 32 for congressional seat, um, where Republican Pete Sessions is our current representative there. And he's vulnerable. And, it, you know, and, you know, it's just like the sharks. They smell the blood in the water. And, you know, we had, I think it was, I think we had ended up with seven people running or nine. I can't remember. Um, and it, at one point there were like 15 people that were, you know, running, you know, but they didn't all end up signing up to run, but it was, it was, became the joke. Like, well, it'd be easier to list who isn't running in the 32 <laughs> as a Democrat. But, um, and then the biggest, I, I, it wasn't even, it was, a, it wasn't a surprise, but the biggest um, success that I'll say we had was um, in district. So this is a house, Texas legislative seat. Um, Jessica Gonzalez, she's an open lesbian woman um, who I've known for many years. I met her uh, in Dallas, and I was an appointee in the Obama administration alongside with her. She got to work in the White House. And we ran up in the same circles here in D.C. Amazing woman. I am so happy for her. Yeah, because she um, she took on an incumbent, a 26 year incumbent, and she won her race with 63 percent of the vote. And, you know, now we have our third openly um, LGBT person in our state legislature because she doesn't have a Republican opponent. So, um, so she effectively won her she, race. She's won. She's she is state representative elect Gonzalez and um, she'll get sworn in in January. It's a long time to wait, but she'll, she'll be in the next um, legislative session. And um, so that's really exciting because she's somebody who, when I was president of Stonewall, I had invited her to be on the board um, with me. So I get to see, I've seen her blossom. You know, it's it kind of it reminded me of when you and I met. It's like <laughs> you planted a seed with me and, you know, took me under your wing. And it's, I, I, she was already active because she was in, a, she worked for the Obama administration later. But it's like, it was one of those things that it was like, you know, here's this person who I know is going to do big things one day. So you lift that person up. Yeah. And you lift that person up. And every time I'd be like, what are you running for, girl? What are you running for? And she was like, ah, not now, not now. She's a lawyer. She's trying to get her law practice um, going. And so it was a beautiful night because, you know, we we're sending the third. And the other exciting thing is that um, Jessica will be the third Latina LGBT person um, to in the state legislature because we only we have th- we will have three in the next legislature mm-hmm. and she will be and all three are Latinas so we have um, we have Mary, Go- Mary Gonzalez in El Paso and then Celia Israel uh, Austin Austin yeah and now we now we got somebody from North Texas Dallas yes. um, so we've got almost now we just need somebody from South Texas and Houston to step up. But there's a lot of openly LGBT people running across the entire state. And so um, Jessica's the only one who won outright in the primaries. And we have a lot of them that are in runoffs right now, or they are the nominee 
in November. So um, just like our one of our nominees for governor of Texas, I never thought I'd ever see the day that an openly LGBT person would be, um, you know, running for governor. And she's in that's a La Lupe, La Lupe, La Lupe Valdez. Valdez, and she's a gubernatorial candidate. So she's got to get through the runoff, um, but she did come in first place in the um, primary. So it's looking, things are looking really good for her. One last thing before we leave you. Where can I get the best tacos in your district? If you come to Dallas to visit and you're in District C, a six, six, where do we get the best tacos? So first of all, I'm just going to let everybody out there know that the taco wars are all won in West Dallas. So <laughs> District 6, we got the best tacos. I don't care what anybody says out there. Um, but the, there's two places. And they're, they're, well, there's really there's three, but two are tied for first in my book. Um, one is Tacos Mariachi. It's on Singleton, and it's uh, just really close to downtown. And they are authentic um um, tacos from like the west coast of Mexico mm -hmm. and so um, that place was actually uh, featured on diners drive-ins and dives mm -hmm. and yours truly was on the show so <laughs> if you want to see me uh, live talking about tacos you know and validating their it, good right and so this place is um, near and dear to my heart and um, Jesus who's the owner of the uh, place I mean you walk in and you feel like you're at home mm -hmm. um, the decor is um, uh, loteria cards all love over, that. so it's really cute. I love it already. It's it's amazing. It's uh, great tacos. And then further down Singleton, there's a place called El Taquero, and they've won all kinds of awards. They've not even been open a year, and they've also won awards. And they're at Chihuahua and Singleton. It's called El Taquero, and Fino is the um, owner of the restaurant, an openly gay man, and uh, and he and his partner opened up this restaurant. And it when you walk up. Um, because this isn't the barrio. This isn't, you know, and it. you walk up and they've decorated all the outside. It's only outdoor seating. Yeah. But it's, it. you literally you walk up and it's all Frida Kahlo decor, yeah. it's beautiful turquoise. And um, the food is just phenomenal. The best lengua tacos that I've ever had <laughs> are there. And you, um, and it's just, it's like you're in Mexico City and you walked up to a little cafe in Mexico City and you're just sitting outside and people are just flocking from all over the city to eat there. So it's really, um, really a great place. And, but the taco wars are one and those are the restaurants. Yes. Of course, you know, depending on who's Tia or Theo's <laughs> house you're at. <laughs> and then the best barbecue in all of Dallas is also in West Dallas in our African-American neighborhoods. Which you don't get better barbecue. Okay. Yeah, it, Odom's Barbecue, but that's if you go to the restaurant. Okay. But other than that, then, you know, you're going to somebody's. I have had the best. I've never had better rib sandwiches in my life than, <laughs> than, in, uh, than in my district. <laughs> well, thank you, Omar, for coming on the show. And please keep Dallas special. It is a beautiful city, and I miss it so much. I, you know, we we're wel we will welcome you back whenever you're ready, Jesse. And anybody else who's out there, please, you know, if you haven't ever thought about coming to Dallas, come visit us. We've got a lot of really good, amazing stuff going on. And uh, you, you're never going to eat better. You're never going to shop better than when you come to Dallas. And you're never going to meet nicer and kinder people than in the city of Dallas. Thank you, Omar. Thank you, Jesse.